You deserve more love. Do you agree? Imagine what life would be like if you could have more love and if you could feel loved more often. Let me just ask you once again so you can visualize it for yourself very vividly. Imagine what life would be like if you could have more love and if you could feel loved more often. That's what today's episode is all about. Let's talk about it. You are listening to the Anna Sabo Show, a podcast for Christian women where we have conversations about God, gospel, and the matters of life. If you enjoy this episode, please write and post your podcast review today. And remember to share it on social media. Oh, by the way, the calm music I add to the end of each episode is for your thinking pleasure. Now, enjoy the show. As you know, today is our last episode of What is Love series. So let's recall what we have talked about so far. On January 13th, I discussed with you my 20 love lessons learned in 35 years of life. It was right before my birthday on January 18th. On January 20th, we talked about 1 Corinthians 13 with practical real-life examples of love. On January 27th, we discussed agape love in the Bible, Christ-like love, sacrificial, unconditional love. On February 3rd, we kicked off the month with my embarrassing love their test results and what I've learned about my own love skills. It was not good. I was actually procrastinating sharing that episode with you. As you remember, if you're a subscriber of the Anna Zabo show, I had a hard time sharing it with you because it was painful. So then on February 10th, I shared with you my love their journey, how I learned to practice love. On February 17th, we talked about lovability, what it is and how you can use it to get more love. And I had my first ever guest on the podcast, Catherine Pike. So if you didn't hear that, make sure you go and listen from February 17th. And then on February 24th, the episode was called How We Love. We discussed five love styles and how we give love. On March 3rd, last week, we talked about five love languages and how we receive love, remember? So today is, as promised, episode about how to <laughs> have more love and how to feel loved more often. My favorite one. It's going to be so simple, but not easy. Simple, but not easy. So make sure you stay tuned till the end to find out how you can have more love and how you can feel loved more often. If you've been a loyal listener, I know by now you probably already know that what I've learned on my own journey of sharpening my love skills is that to feel more love, you need to improve your lovability, which is your ability to love. So where do we get more love to improve our ability to love? I mean, to give love to someone else, we must first have it, right? 
To have it, we need to get it somewhere, right? Do you agree with me? So what's the place where we go to get more love, to give more love to others? Actually, John 13, 34 answers this question. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are, to love one another. So what's that place where we get love from to give it to others? Jesus and his love for us. I will tell you, this is the opposite of what our culture teaches us with all the swiping left and right, on dating apps and hookup apps, where we, human beings, are trained to treat one another as a commodity. I remember late last year, as Michael and I were preparing for another court hearing, uh, my girlfriend talked to me about this situation, and she, with a little irritation, said to me, I can't believe you're still in love with him. If it was my husband, I would definitely already turn my heart off on him. I was stunned. I told her, I am not in love with Michael. Being in love and loving are not the same at all. I love Michael intentionally, genuinely, and wholeheartedly because I've trained myself to love him. I've learned to love him. I learned it from the Bible, from my biblical counseling, from my love there, from the kindness challenge I did on him. I've trained myself during my marriage with Michael to practice love toward him because God loves me so much. Not because Michael doesn't love me, which is what I thought. Today, I may actually challenge this idea and I will share with you why and how. And... When you love somebody intentionally with agape love, you cannot just turn your heart off on them because they don't love you back. Because your love for them does not depend on their actions toward you. It depends on how much God loves you. And it was such a profound conversation. It's the most important aspect of love to remember. To have more love. To increase your lovability. You don't dwell on how others practice love toward you or don't. You dwell on how Jesus practiced love toward you. You ponder not the actions of others toward you. You ponder the loving actions Jesus took to show, to demonstrate, to prove his love for you. Jesus gave his life so you can have yours. He bled and died so you are free to live and love. He sacrificed his everything on the cross, including his life, so you have a life and can have love if you choose to. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 8 says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Who ever loved you this way? Jesus. And that's how he asks you to love others. 
On January 20th, our podcast episode was called First Corinthians 13 Explained with practical real-life examples of love. And you can go listen to it on youtube.com slash MBA and ponder some more. So I promise that by the end of this series, you will know for sure how you can have more love. I'm going to ask you, <laughs> how? You immerse yourself in studying, understanding, and appreciating the love of Jesus for you. From that place of a happy heart, a healed heart, from that place of deep gratitude for the unconditional love Jesus loves you with, you can then love others, meaning you can have more love by increasing your lovability, your own ability to love. You feel more love and you give more love. This is the only way. And here is how Colossians 3, 12, 14 instructs us about it. Therefore, as God-chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's our answer to the question how to have more love. Now let's talk about how you can feel more loved. In the last two weeks, we have talked about how our childhood experiences taught us how to give love, our love style, and we discussed five of them. That was on February 24th, and the podcast episode was called How We Love Five Love Styles and How We Give Love. And hopefully by now you understand your own love style and why you give love in that particular way. And on March 3rd last week, we talked about how our childhood experiences also conditioned us to receive love in a certain way. That podcast episode was called Five Love Languages and How We Receive Love. And hopefully when you listen to it, you figured out why some things make you feel loved and others don't. Very often, we do our best as best at loving someone, but they still don't feel loved by us. Do you agree? Have you ever tried and tried and tried, was intentional and gave the love the best you could, but it wasn't good enough for that other person? Why is that? Often, our love style doesn't match that person's love language. What? Let me say this once again. Often, our love style doesn't match that person's love language, meaning they have expectations for what we should do for them to feel loved by us because of how they grew up, but we don't do those things because of how we grew up. Does it make any sense? Let me say this one more time. When our love style doesn't match other person's love language, they have expectations for what we should do for them to feel loved by us because of how they grew up. But we don't do those things because of how we grew up. Is that crazy? No, it's actually just the usual everyday life. It's the truth. 
many times during this series, I told you that Michael did not love me. But as I was preparing for this final episode, after I did an episode on love styles and then the other episode on love languages, I had this breakthrough, this memory chasing me every day, and I felt like I had to share it with you. I remember late night, dark room, no light of any kind. Michael and I are in bed, literally sleeping, meaning each of us is asleep. We're not looking at each other. We're not talking. We can't see each other. And I hear in the dark, baby, you're so beautiful. I would wake up and think, with my eyes open, staring at the ceiling, how ingenuine. Why would he say that? He cannot see me at all. Was he talking to me? Was this about me? Was he talking to someone else in his sleep? And after that repeated a few times, I felt so hurt. In the last two weeks, as I remembered that Michael's love language is words of affirmation, I realized that I didn't have to feel hurt. I could have chosen to accept the love the way he was giving it. But it wasn't anything that made me feel loved because words of affirmation is not my love language. Have you ever had anything like this happen to you? Think now about a time someone was giving you love in a way they themselves receive love, but it wasn't your love language and so you did not feel loved. Is it clicking now? It's very profound for me. I have to share another example with you. So listen to this. On my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Anna MBA, I have people who watch my videos and like them. And then I have three people who consistently dislike my videos. YouTube doesn't evaluate my channel's sentiment or any channel's sentiment, only engagement, meaning YouTube doesn't care whether people like or dislike my videos, YouTube only cares about whether or not people click on my videos and engage with them by clicking whichever button, like or dislike. Remember that my love language is quality time. I shared that with you last week. So the fact that these three YouTube accounts were created to just troll me on the internet, they have no other channel activity, they literally exist to just come to my videos and click that dislike button. And whenever I publish a video, which is every single day, these internet trolls remember to go and engage with my video by clicking that dislike button. This makes me feel so loved. I'm serious. When I think about how much effort it takes, I feel like these trolls have a genuine intention to spend quality time with me every single day. Think about this. Some people forget their friends' birthdays and their own anniversaries. But these three internet trolls remember that I publish a video every day and they go and engage with my video every day by clicking that thumbs up or thumbs down button. Every time they do that, YouTube gives my channel more visibility because it sees regular engagement from those people. So they help my channel grow. And that makes me feel so loved. Is it their intent? I don't think so. But quality time is how I receive love. So they spend quality time with me through engaging with my content by clicking that button. And I feel so loved. So how can we feel more loved? 
by understanding that everyone is different and unique. We all grew up differently and we give love differently and receive it differently. What that means is that whenever people give you love not in a way that makes you feel loved, it does not mean that you are not loved. Are you with me? You don't have to feel unloved and you can choose to give grace and feel loved. Even if the way they love, meaning their love style, does not match the way you receive love, meaning your love language. Hebrews 13.9 says this, For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. What does it mean to us today? Become self-aware. Understand how you grew up and how it conditioned you to receive love. Understand your partner and his way of giving love to you. And there will be a gap, a mismatch. There usually is. And what fills the gap is grace. Romans 5, 2 refers to it as this grace in which we stand. We stand in grace received by us from God. He has expectations we don't meet every day. We love Him, but not entirely the way He asks us to love Him, right? Do you love God perfectly? Are you perfect in your relationship with God? I don't think so. I don't believe it. Nobody's perfect. And God matches the God with His grace. That's what we can do too. That's how we can feel loved more often by choosing not to feel unloved every time someone's love style doesn't match our love language. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. Let me pray for you. Father God, you are loving. You love us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us so we can have life and experience deep, unconditional love full of grace your love, Father. God, I lift up to you the woman listening right now. She deserves to have more love in her life and to feel more loved right now. I ask you to help her take this message and apply it in her relationships. I ask that you fill her heart with your God love so she can have more love and give more love to others. I ask that the grace in which she stands, she will use to choose to close the gap between her love language, the way she receives love, and others' love styles, the way they give love to her. I ask that you close the difference, God, with grace abound. Thank you, Father, for your love and for not just instructing, but also empowering us to love one another unconditionally and graciously. In the marvelous name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.